Are you stuck in a rat race of schedules, to-do lists, and other people's priorities? Maybe you can't even remember when the last time you felt fully engaged with your body, your mind, and your surroundings. If this resonates with you, then you are in the right place. I am Susan Sanders, and I'm here to teach you about sustainable productivity. Each week, I'll be coming to your ears with lessons to create a life that you can fully engage with. Some weeks will be bite-sized moments of inspiration and sharing. Other weeks will include guests and more in-depth looks at doing the right things in a way that you can maintain over time. Let's get started. Hi, it's Susan Sanders. Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about meal planning. One of the most common frustrations I hear is, oh my gosh, our people want to eat again? They have to eat three times a day? And dinner is such a pain point for burned out women. You have to work around schedules, preferences, allergies, teenage or toddler whims, and now the cost of groceries? Meal planning is a way to manage the 5 p.m. whack-a-mole craziness that is, what's for dinner? So before we get started, I want to set the scene here and provide transparency. I am not the cook in our family. I'm not adventurous. I'm not willing to spend a lot of money, nor do I have kids in our home anymore on the regular. We're empty nesters. But I do think that you might gain some valuable tips that could help you plan better. I'm the meal planner, grocery procurer, reminder of what we're going to have each day, and weirdly extensive cleanup that has to happen after dinner. I do it all except for the actual cooking. So I do understand some of the what's for dinner pain. Plus, this might spur a discussion where we can all learn from each other. Feel free to share your ideas on the Instagram or Facebook post for this episode. So here is what meal planning looks like for my husband and me in this season of our lives. First, the season of our lives is this. We are workers in corporate America who consistently put in more than 40 hours in our home offices. We are empty nesters with one picky eater, and that's me, and one I will eat anything but bananas, that's my husband Paul. So here are four tips that might come in handy. This is how we do our meal planning. Number one, plan as far as you are able. Each weekend, we plan four dinners. So for example, on Saturday, we will plan dinner for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. More than four tends to put Paul over the edge. And we usually have enough for leftovers for Thursday. And then Friday, we'll get takeout or one of us goes to the store or the freezer for an emergency meal is what we call it. Related to this, Planning half of the week also allows for surprises. There was a season of life where I would get mad because we planned a whole week. And then a friend would ask me to dinner for later on in the week or a fun evening activity. And that would interfere with the dinner plan. This was not productive for my connection with friends or for our meal planning. So planning this half week is what works for us. Tip two is to consider what is on hand. For example, rice, eggs, meat, using what we have gives us a running start for ideas and helps my cheap self feel good about not wasting the food that we have in our freezer or fridge or pantry. Number three, what is the schedule like this week? I know better than to ask Paul to make fish tacos on a night he has his band practice. This multi-step process for fish tacos, because he makes the corn tortillas from scratch, 
It's not a 30 minute window between work and packing up amps and guitars. It's much longer than that. Band night usually means something fast like bacon and eggs or frozen pasta and a salad. You know what makes it even faster? Planning. So we definitely need to consider the schedule. And number four, favorites. If you're stumped for ideas, have a few favorites on standby. I keep a list of these so Paul can go pick a, a family favorite of mine if I'm spinning out and he can add his favorites to the list so I don't have to guess. The flip side of picking a favorite is also true. If you're stumped, close your eyes, pick a cookbook, then randomly turn to a page, that's your meal. Another thing we do if we can't think of anything and don't want to do a random pick out of the cookbook is to pick a food. Fish, chicken, pork, beef, breakfast, pasta, vegetarian, those are some of our major groups. Most weeks we are able to draft a solid plan around these four principles. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back I will share three more adjustments you could make to ease meal planning pain. This break is brought to you by you. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. I know you have so many choices of podcasts and I appreciate you listening to this one. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The more you share the messages about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Now back to the show. Okay, we are back with three more tips that you could incorporate, one in each dimension of sustainable productivity. First is health and fitness dimension, and it's not a fun one, but eat the frog first. Not literally, I know this is meal planning, but uh, the idea of the, the frog first. So I don't like vegetables, but I know they're healthy for me, and I try to get all my vegetables in before lunch. So five fruits and vegetables before lunch, before I get to the end of the day and I'm tired and cranky at dinner and don't wanna eat healthy and sort of act like a five-year-old, basically any dinner vegetables are a bonus. So eat the frog first. Second, for the mental well-being dimension, is to write it down. If I keep it all in my head, no one can help me, not even myself. Freeing up my brain space for other stuff by clearing out the meal plan is priceless. We use the business chat tool called Slack since we are on our computers all day. Recipes we can try live in there so there's no confusion about whether it came from email, text, or social media. Everything lives in Slack. When our college-aged daughter's home, she does our meal plan on a whiteboard, but it's hard to take the whiteboard to the store, so Slack is better when it's just the two of us. The third tip is in the environmental surroundings dimension of sustainable productivity, and that is to set your kitchen up to help you. Stock up when you can on things you know you will use. Not necessarily just at Costco or Sam's getting the mega size, but for example, we get 10 pounds of ground beef at a time from a local farmer who wraps them in one pound packages for us. In strawberry season, I stock up and freeze them, so I have them for winter smoothies when strawberries at the store are more yellow or molded. Let today you help future you. Okay, that is our episode. Plan as far as you're able, use what you have, consider your schedule, and pick favorites. I hope a few adjustments and ideas landed for you. Let me know how your meal planning goes over the next couple weeks. 
You have just listened to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, you might like what you read. Come to SustainableSue.com to read more and subscribe to have the weekly message sent to your inbox. You can also get show notes, including links to things discussed in the episode there. SustainableSue.com Consider sharing this episode with a friend. The more you share the message about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Keep going, friends. As Devin Durant says, small efforts sustained over time can produce significant results. Have a good week.